Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, AmSpa founder Alex Tiersch is in conversation with Liam Degnan, Senior Sales Engineer from Compliancy Group. Okay, everybody, welcome. This is Medical Spa Insider. Alex Tiersch here, um, your host, and on the AmSpa hotline, as we like to say, we have the one and only Liam Degnan from Compliancy Group. Um, and uh, Liam, I, I have to say, um, when I saw you come up and your group come up on our on our podcast list, I was a little bit giddy because you guys are kind of compliance dorks, just like we are at AmSpa, and that's phenomenal. And like, there's there's it's it's really tough to get um, to get people excited about compliance. But I I you know, Compliancy Group does a lot of things, but um, mostly what 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 I can see is it's about HIPAA compliance for for healthcare entities and for and for people in the healthcare space. And you guys have kind of dove full on into into HIPAA, which is, you know, really a song that, 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 that sings directly to AMSPA and all of its people. So welcome to the program. I appreciate you joining us. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, 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 and what Compliancy Group does so folks can get caught up. Thanks for having me, Alex. We appreciate it. So uh, I give a little bit of background. So, uh, I mean, my, my role at Compliancy Group, I've been here for about six years. And part of what I do is I, I manage uh, lots of our different, let's say, more strategic partnerships and engagements, but also I'm pretty hands-on with our clients as well. Um, just kind of uh, not only explaining what we do, but also we have a very heavy hand in education. So a lot of what we do as a company is either free educational resources or even just through the process of somebody getting set up with us. There is a lot that goes into that. Um, and so that's something that I have a very heavy hand in um, as well awesome. here. Um, as a, as a company, you know, our, our whole mission, mission statement is that we simplify compliance so our clients mm-hmm. can confidently grow their business. And the way that, you know, the best, probably the simplest way to explain what we do as a company and the analogy that I like to use is that uh, we are almost like having QuickBooks, mm-hmm. but for compliance. Mm-hmm. So like um, we are a software company. And so when you think about, let's say, HIPAA, OSHA, other regulations, there could be many different components of a compliance program, whether it's things like annual risk assessment, Mm -hmm. policy, training, documentation, vendor management, incident management. Uh, Our tool is a way to just kind of centralize all of that so that they have a very easy hub that they can go to, document it, maintain it, and try to make it as simple as we can. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think I saw on your website, it was 2005 was when the company was, was started. Is, is, is that accurate? That's a long time to be in the HIPAA business. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny because so the, the company was originally founded in 2005. Uh, it was originally founded by a HIP, former HIPAA auditor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, uh, you know, the, kind of our background as a company really was originally in, in enterprise auditing. So we were working more so with like the large scale health systems. And what we really found is that the primary, the primary need was not really among the big health systems. It was oftentimes the smaller to more mid-sized practices that were having the most difficult time with us. Because let's say you have an organization like a big hospital group that might have an entire department full of compliance people, 
But with the types of businesses that you're working with at AmSpa, probably nobody has any compliance expertise. You know, you're, it's an office manager, it's a business owner, right? And uh, we wanted, you know, the whole philosophy of kind of our product is we wanted to create a software that was designed for somebody that either had no experience all the way up to somebody that had experience and was just looking for an easier way to manage it, right? Um, and so uh, over time, you know, our the, the platform has evolved uh, significantly from what it was, but yeah, um, uh, we've, and what it, one of the more interesting things with us is uh, we now, so our client base spans pretty broadly across the States. We've got roughly 6,500 businesses currently using the program. Uh, we, have, we have dealt with, hundreds of OCR audits with our clients have never had one fail. Um, quick clarifier, we have had people that have come to us after being audited and we right. can't always go back in time and fix those things, but nobody right. that was actively subscribed to our program um, that was audited has failed. Gotcha. So we've got a, gotcha. a pretty good track record. Yeah, as far as that that's, goes. that's, I mean, that's incredible. I, you know, as I said, I kind of geek out on this stuff. It, HIPAA is, not one of the most exciting areas that people deal with in their daily lives. Um, sure. But um, it's one of those things that, um, number one, it's it's important from a just from a legal standpoint and a compliance standpoint. It's also important yeah. from a from a patient satisfaction standpoint, particularly in in uh, obviously in, in our field where you're dealing with people's faces and how they look and things like that. Um, I you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm curious. When like when you talk about the med spa space and HIPAA, it's something you know when we when we do our we do events all over the country and and HIPAA is always something we we touch on and it's it's not something we focus on a lot because it's it's you know again to get really down into the weeds of it it it, it, it takes time and frankly people tend to start falling asleep on us but it is something that um, is absolutely necessary and needed and I'm curious. What's your what's your sense when you look at the aesthetic space and the med spa space? How does that fit in in terms of of HIPAA? How, how do you view kind of this market in in in, in terms of 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 HIPAA compliance and, and and how it all fits compared to maybe some of the other healthcare intensive businesses? You know, like where, where you said hospitals and things like that, where you're dealing with insurance and and you're dealing with federal payers and stuff like that, where it really gets tricky. Sure. This is different. Um, so I'm, I'm just curious how you kind of feel about the whole thing and how how you guys view it from a uh, from a business perspective. Yeah. So particularly, really for any small, so let's talk about the general, like more small business, small practice space as a whole to start. And then we'll get really dialed in on the med spa uh, specifically environment. But the, the interesting thing with HIPAA is that when you actually read the regulation or you look at let's say, things like the seven elements of an effective compliance program through the OIG and Health and Human Services, it's all written in a way that is unbelievably vague. Okay. And part of the reason it's almost a layer of intentional vagueness, because these are requirements that need to theoretically apply to a med spa or even a, like, let's say another small practice environment, like a dentist or an optometrist, all the way up to the largest regional hospital groups and insurance companies in the country. And the requirements, though, don't change. It's the same exact regulations that apply to those large entities as apply to the smaller ones. And a lot of the terminology that you see, even that phrase, effective compliance program, some of the unique challenges of it is that the, the government does not want this to be just a check off of the box, right? What it's really a function of is 
kind of understanding these broad guidelines and implementing them into your business in a way that, that makes sense for you, right? And that's one area where we see a lot of people get, just generally get tripped up on because when you actually start reading the requirements, it could become very, very quickly overwhelming. Um, and what, what we tell people is, you know, if you start by doing something like even a risk assessment for HIPAA, that kind of gives you the guidance that you need to really understand what actually applies to your business and what doesn't so that you can begin addressing those things. And, and again, in a way that makes sense for your business, because what the government cares about is that you're making good faith effort, right? That doesn't mean that you need to be bulletproof, but it means that you need to have proof that you're doing what you need to be doing to satisfy these requirements, right? Because the government, if it's not documented, it's not happening. Now, so that's with, let's say a, a small general, like typical small business environment, for med spas specifically, there's kind of an added layer of complexity in the sense that many of them are not formal covered entities under the HIPAA rules. You know, they're not, uh, and particularly just to even clarify for anybody who's listening, uh, if, if you're not accepting insurance in your business, so you don't have any lines of business where, that you accept insurances for, yeah, you're formally not a covered entity under HIPAA. But sometimes perception is reality and your clients certainly expect you to be, you know, even the fact that if you're positioned as a medical spa, yeah, that medical component there, there is an expectation of privacy and confidentiality and security that even if you're not a formal covered entity, having a HIPAA compliance program in place is a, it's a fantastic way to just mitigate your liability and implement kind of an, an added layer of risk management in your practice that protects you, but then also uh, makes your patients feel more comfortable because really what HIPAA compliance is all about is kind of standardizing your operation through things like policy, procedure, and employee training, standardizing the patient or client experience that they have. And that ultimately just makes you more profitable because right. it gives your patients some more standardized experience and makes them happier and they makes them want to come back. And yeah. And, you know, I, I, I want to get into that a little more specifically as to, as to, you know, cause one of the things you talk about is the ROI of, of a HIPAA compliance plan or a strong HIPAA compliance strategy. Um, what, what's sure. interesting about what you just said also though, is, um, you know, med spas are in a unique space, as you said, because they're, you know, we're cash based, um, typically, and oftentimes aren't crossing state lines at all either. So it's all very kind of internal within, you know, intrastate as opposed to interstate. Sure. Um, and so we have had folks come up to us and say, you know, HIPAA doesn't apply to us. And I think your point that, and, and, and there's other reasons that I think you should, you should just kind of, uh, you know, act as if it does apply. There's, there's state regulations that, that, that are oftentimes as, onerous or more onerous. Um, and we have seen in a few instances where, you know, in instances where there are, are breaches, um, some of the, some of the enforcement mechanisms, especially if there's a, um, a, a state-based privacy breach that is results in a lawsuit, which yes. you know, is different from a, from a, uh, a, a, a HIPAA case, you know, a lot of times what, what will happen is we'll see that the, the judges will kind of hold HIPAA as the standard of care and say, you, this is what you should be reaching anyway. So like, this is something that, that folks have to deal with and they have to do. Um, how do you like talk a little bit about how you, um, like 
like for for a small, let's say you know, a lot of folks are one providers. One, you know, they've got a single provider or, or they've got a single office. They're not they're they're not made. They don't have the resources of a regional hospital system and all that. How do they go about doing this? And and and, and how do you work into that, that 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 equation so that they can automate the processes? They can be HIPAA compliant at the same time. Hopefully, become more profitable as a result. Yeah. Uh, so. On the topic of profitability, uh, there's an interesting statistic that uh, practices that are compliant and secure are, on average, 15% more profitable than ones that aren't. Yeah. And I'd love, a, to, a lot I'd, of that I'd love to see where you got that because I, I use that kind of line myself. And I, I want to make sure I source that. I'm going I'm to start sourcing you for that now because it's true. Like we, we feel yeah. the same thing. If, yeah, you know, can do it compliance, like compliance businesses that are compliant tend to be more profitable and they, and profitable businesses tend to be more compliant too, usually sometimes go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. But I, but with that as well, it's kind of, um, with your getting back to your original question that, that goal of let's say profitability, that's the goal of any business. Mm -hmm. Uh, but even, um, let's say to kind of simplify it a little bit, Right. What do you actually need to be doing to set up these processes? Because I think for a lot of people, uh, HIPAA compliance, the way that they think of it, the extent of it is maybe patients signing some forms when they come mm -hmm. into the office, you know, mm -hmm. or it might be a one off training that they do with their staff. When you really dig into it and you look at some of the settlements that have happened, like through the OCR mm -hmm. for investigations and fines and things like that, mm -hmm. historically, roughly 70% of all of the published fines through the OCR were due to actually to missing risk assessment documentation. Hmm. And the, the funny thing is oftentimes you hear words like risk assessment and it can sound very intimidating. Like, how do I go about getting this done? The government actually gives free resources online as a like you can have a risk yeah. assessment template that you can get through the government mm -hmm. where you legitimately just go through a series of questions. Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And what we tell people is approach that type of an assessment as not just what are you doing within the practice, but what do you have currently documented? Mm -hmm. You know, what could you prove if you were being asked? for this documentation. And oftentimes, just by going through that process, you identify either areas in your, what might be IT security that mm -hmm. need to be addressed, but roughly 50% of a risk assessment for HIPAA is actually administrative in nature, mm -hmm. really files into your operations as a practice. And mm -hmm. so that's a, it's a unique opportunity to really uncover potential deficiencies in your existing workflows, either with your patients that are coming in, but also with your employees, right? right. So, and, and that's really, you know, a lot of it, 86% of all of the breaches that happen each year are as a result of not failing technology, it's usually failing people, mm -hmm. human error, right? For Even sure. if I have an IT breach, it's usually because I got some employee got an email in their inbox with a suspicious link mm -hmm. that they didn't know better and they clicked on it and then they compromised your system. Right. Yep. So there are things like that. Uh, I identifying all of those areas and then documenting those processes, implementing more formal policies and the downstream impact of that is again, not only from a risk management perspective, you're better protected, but all of a sudden now what you've really accomplished and it's what i was saying before is 
you've more or less standardized your patient experience, mm -hmm. right? Because all of your employees are reading from the same playbook now. They're all receiving the same training. There's an awareness there that maybe was not there before. Mm -hmm. And um, the, down, the downstream impact of that is, is huge, you know? So, but in general, we always recommend people start with a risk assessment because if you don't know, it, like it's the type of thing where you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes doing an assessment like that can really give you the guidance and the insight that you need to know what you actually have to be worried about. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. And I, I, I like the saying, I mean, you're like a, you're a man of many sayings. I like it. You said it's not bulletproof, but it gives you proof, right? Which is really what you need yeah. in, 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 in HIPAA. What's like, how does your, um, how does your program work? Like if I, you know, if I'm a, a, a smaller meds or even a, a multiple location and I plug into your system, um, what's that going to do for me? I know it varies based upon different things, but what's kind of the main thing you're trying to achieve with, with folks in, in the aesthetic space? Yeah. So the overall workflow that we try to follow is number one, we want to make it really easy to satisfy these requirements. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the grunt work that's often associated with compliance, we want to automate that. Mm -hmm. uh, we then want to give them a way where not only are we automating those workflows for setting it up, that everything that they do is being documented automatically just by them using the tool. But then also once they go through that, like let's say initial setup of the program and mm -hmm. everything is documented, the word that you see all throughout the HIPAA regs is the word ongoing, right? right. These are not one-time deals. These are sets of ongoing requirements that need to be maintained yeah. within the practice. So usually, so let's say we were just talking about risk assessment. The main function of our platform is it foundationally acts as, a, as a, an assessment tool, okay? We try to make it way easier than the resources you can get through the government. Uh, basically, if a, pro, uh, a business that comes on board with us is going to have a plain English questionnaire mm -hmm. that we have them answer inside of the software. Mm -hmm. Based on how they answer those questions, the platform then builds out a custom checklist of tasks for them, mm -hmm. giving them insights on what they need to be doing. And that could be thing on the IT side of things, or it could be operational policies, procedures, employee trainings, patient forms, notice of privacy practice. Mm -hmm. uh, the great thing about our platform though, is we don't just create those tasks and say, hey, you need to go do all of these things, or hey, you need to go make all of these policies. The plat if we're telling them that they need a policy, the platform actually generates the policy for them, right. generates the forms for them, generates the trainings for them, so that it's all then tracked mm -hmm. inside of that tool. Mm -hmm. And they can even then distribute those policies and trainings directly to their employees right from the platform. That way, even at things like employee trainings, policy mm -hmm. attestations, it's all documented. You know, there's That's other components like vendor management, incident management. If there's a breach, mm -hmm. there's a whole support infrastructure built around that as well for our yeah. clients. Um, but that's, you know, that's in a nutshell. Hey everyone, let me take a quick second to share something really interesting for your business. Did you know that a staggering 74% of consumers shop on their phones while watching TV at night? That's like 7 out of 10 of your patients. But the real eye-opener here is that less than 1 out of 10 med spas actually sell their products online. Can you imagine the untapped potential of giving your patients the convenience to purchase treatments, services, or skincare right from the comfort of their own homes through your very own branded app? 
that's where RepeatMD comes in. RepeatMD is the fastest growing software in the medical aesthetics industry, and for good reason. RepeatMD is designed by e-commerce experts who have worked with renowned brands like Target, Nordstrom, and Neiman Marcus, and they'll build your practice its own mobile rewards and shopping app. Clients love RepeatMD, and patients love the experience RepeatMD provides. RepeatMD rewards patients for spending more, encourages them to come back more often, and helps them discover treatments they'll absolutely love. On top of that, your practice can sell memberships and offer financing for services all through your very own app designed and managed by the experts at RepeatMD. The bottom line is that RepeatMD enhances the entire patient experience while boosting your practice's revenue. They are game changers for your med spa. So what are you waiting for? Visit repeatmd.com forward slash amspa to book a quick product demonstration. And guess what? We'll have special pricing for medical spa insider listeners and you'll receive 50% off towards your first purchase. Don't miss out on this opportunity. Head over to repeatmd forward slash amspa today. Hey folks, it's Alex Tiersch, and this episode is brought to you from our friends at Boulevard, the first and only MedSpa client experience platform that includes seamless scheduling, client messaging, and payments that are elegant and reliable. Boulevard delivers everything you need to inject style and sophistication into every client interaction. Set the tone with online booking that matches your high-end brand aesthetic and improves the productivity of your staff and resources. Elevate and personalize services with HIPAA-compliant forms, digital charting, and detailed client profiles. And grow your aesthetic empire with automated marketing campaigns and powerful workflow integrations like Shopify, QuickBooks, Instagram, and so much more. And for a limited time, Boulevard is waving data migration and onboarding fees for AmSpa listeners. That's over $1,000 in savings to get you up and running. Don't wait. Click the link on our episode webpage to learn more or visit joinblvd.com slash AmSpa. That's joinblvd.com slash AmSpa. Thanks so much. Now, the, like the policies and the consents and all that stuff that it, and the, 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 that it's generating, is it is it generating that from just kind of like a, uh, is it based upon some of the responses that the individual practice is giving, or is this kind of like a whole, is it uh, a joint effort to implement the the policies so that they fit the needs of the specific practice? Yeah. So right now, it is they they are structured as general templates. Yeah that are automatically personalized though. So with the name of their company, the different roles and responsibilities that they have inside of the business. Uh, One cool thing though, is this is a feature that is rolling out in October. We have a big product launch coming in Mm -hmm. October where one, one additional feature that we're adding in is we're actually introducing an AI component where mm. based on the way that they answer their risk assessment questions and based on questions that we ask them just demographically about their company, uh, we're going to have an AI policy editor that just automatically edits those policies for them, mm-hmm. tailors it to their business. Uh, and so that's going to, that's something that we're pretty, ex- that we're very excited that's about. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. You're plugging into Cyberdyne systems from, <laughs> from the Terminator. <laughs> I love that. No, I'm just messing with Cause uh, we, we were talking about AI the other day. It's, it's such a cool, it's such a cool thing. So that that's awesome because the the more you can do that and help people again because the key word is ongoing, continuing. Things change in your practice, things change in the way that you deal with things and if you're not updating your policies, if you're not updating your changing, you know, in some ways 
we always tell this to folks uh, when we're doing, you know, some of their, their 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 compliance documentation. It's almost worse to have compliance documentation that is not followed and incorrect than to have none yes. at all. Like it's because then it shows that you're just kind of throwing something out there. So um, that's that's super interesting. Have you dealt with that yourself? I mean, people who are, you know, it's in, 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 in do you kind of agree with that assessment that sometimes it's 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 worse to have wrong policies than no policies? Oh yeah. Well, so, you know, there was a, there was a group actually in Alaska that was audited and technically, you know, by the book, they had everything that they were supposed to have in place. You know, they had done a risk assessment, but in the government's investigation, they identified that it, they didn't include any of those administrative components in their assessment. It was purely an IT audit, so to speak. They had policies, but it was more or less like a store-bought HIPAA manual that they had never updated, never looked at, you know, typical binder that collects an inch of dust in the back of somebody's office, right? Um, the other thing that they found though is that they were doing employee training, but it was like a once a year, everybody went through it, but this particular company had a 30% turnover, mm -hmm. right? So 30% roughly of the people that would need the training the most, the newest staff were never receiving it until that annual training event. And so it's like, it, it, it comes back to that whole idea of effectiveness, right? It's not just a, like you can have a checkbox and yeah, you can have like a binder that sits in the back of an office, but it's not gonna help you if it's not actually making an impact in yeah. your business environment. You well, know? and it has to, it has to, you know, if the, the substance has to equal the form and, you know, so you have to, like you have to be fitting with the practices of, of the actual Med spa. So, you know, the, and I think one of the really important things that you said that is, that is spot on is that the weakest part of these processes are the, the humans that are trying to implement them. It's not the AI, you know, it's yes. the, it's the humans trying to do that. And the, the training aspect is, is interesting to me as well, because, um, what, like, what does that look like? Are these like online webinar video trainings? I do. How, how does that work? Because the, the training component is not something to be overlooked. It's mentioned a lot in the HIPAA statute. A lot of the times when you're talking about compliance, yeah. the, the, the training aspect is, is equally as important as anything else. Because again, the, the government, the, 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 the regulators understand that the, the human element is the weakest part. How does that look like? How do you guys handle that part? Yeah, you know, the, the funny thing is the, the regs reference training so much, but there's not a ton of specifics as far as what you not. actually need to be training your employees they on. They don't it's have one to of actually those do it. They just have to talk about it. You, you train. You <laughs> yeah, <think>. exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, so the way that we generally recommend structuring it is so, you know, there's four HIPAA rules. There's privacy, security, there's omnibus, which deals with outside vendors. Yep. And then there's breach notification. At a bare minimum, your employees should be doing a general privacy training that mm -hmm. just trains them on the expectations of confidentiality when they can use or disclose a patient or client's information, uh, a cyber safety training of sorts yeah. that educates them on things like how to recognize a phishing scam, mm -hmm. how to how to prevent a ransomware attack, how to detect potential issues, and another interesting statistic. Over 90% of people that have been a victim of a ransomware attack had antivirus and anti-malware software installed. Mm -hmm. Only 14% of them were doing employee training. Mm -hmm. So employee cyber safety training, if you look to mitigate those risks, it's the best way to do it. Uh, but then also incident management training so that employees know if there is a potential breach or a violation identified, 
how do you handle it? Yeah. Right. And who does that go to? And so those are the three modules that we have built into our program uh, initially. Uh, we have others that we can include as well if needed, but that's foundationally usually what you're going to want to have. Yeah. And now, those I, are basic training videos. Yeah. Are, are, are you doing the, the, the security implementation portion too, or is that something you're like, you're just doing the compliance, here's what you need. If they need IT security help, is that something that, that, that you help with, or is that like, those are outsourced things that, that, that they have to get on their own? Yeah. So we aren't an IT company, right. uh, so we don't directly provide, let's say, right. in their risk assessment, if we identify that their workstations need encryption. Right. We can give them a guide on how to encrypt their workstations, but we don't directly provide right. that service. Gotcha. Gotcha. Usually, if, you know, if we're working with somebody that needs very advanced IT help, we recommend that they s speak with an IT company yeah, for about sure. it directly. No, and people and should. We I mean... They should. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, and we have a network of actually roughly 500 IT companies oh, awesome. that actually use our platform internally for themselves and also use it with their clients. So when we have clients that have a need, we can connect them immediately with an IT provider right. that has HIPAA expertise. So and, 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 and this may be not really a HIPAA compliance based question, but more of a security question, although it, it, it is because the training part of it is just as important. Like, are, are do you still see, um, is, is, is the main reason people are getting in trouble with this because employees are clicking on these links? I mean, is that kind of how it almost always happens? Cause we get that. We talk about that all the time in our business. Don't click on links. You don't know, but I feel like people just do it anyway. And that always is how it happens. Is, is, is yeah. that the main thing that people need to wor worry about as far as training goes, or are there other things as well that tr need to be trained on? Yeah. Training for things like that, but also things like, um, and, and this is should be covered in your privacy training as well as your policies. But social media is another big yeah, one for sure. Um, so there's been three practices that were fined just recently uh, for replying to negative online reviews inappropriately. And that's a big one uh, as far as like reputation management online and how to do that appropriately. Uh, a lot of practices are getting in trouble for that. There was a lot of practices that got in trouble for doing Facebook marketing where they were uploading basically their patient databases into Facebook and things like that. It's not compliant. So a lot of the social media layers, we also that's kind of a hot button topic right now that is really important. Um, so that's it. But the funny thing, though, is, again, under HIPAA, those things is what will get you on the OCR's radar. Yeah. Right. But the only reason you get fined is if you can't prove that as a business, you were doing what you were supposed to be doing. Right. So those practices that were fined because an employee responded to an online review inappropriately, they weren't fined just because of that issue in and of itself. They were fined because they couldn't prove that they had a policy in place that they had trained their employees on, mm -hmm. you know, that covered that issue. Mm -hmm. You'll see people like there was an organization, uh, one of their employees went on vacation and took his laptop with him mm -hmm. and left it by the pool with his son watching Netflix. Mm -hmm. The laptop was stolen mm -hmm. and it had thousands of patient records on it. That organization wasn't fined because that breach happened. They were fined because they couldn't prove that they had done a risk assessment, which would have shown that that device was encrypted and they hadn't trained that employee. Right. Um, so it all comes back to those different components of an effective compliance program and your ability to prove what you're doing. Right. Because mm -hmm. as long as you can show that you're doing what you're responsible for, 
if an employee does something stupid, which happens, yes, it, which it will still, happen, the, right? it, it goes a very, very long way in limiting your liability as a business, right? And that's really what we focus on. Yeah, that's, that's, no, that's uh, honestly, this is, um, this is right in the Amspot wheelhouse. Like we're, we're, I'm telling you, we're all going to be geeking out over this for, for a long time. So the, um, <laughs> that's good. the, cause, cause you know, we've, we, we, when we talk on on the legal side of things for med spas, um, there's so much for us to get through just dealing with you know the basics, the core ownership, supervision, delegation, those things that just that yeah. will make people safe, that are the really hot button issues that they're going to get in trouble for. Um, but but HIPAA is one, and, and you also do OSHA, which is kind of another one. It's almost like lurking, and and they can like it, it can have it can have devastating in in in, in real world consequences um, things like the patient reviews i think is a huge one that we that we 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 do that's one that we talk about quite a bit um, but it's also you know all the social media engagement the the engaging with patients on social media um, there's there's the, the, this whole world of online digital marketing, social media, which is particularly prevalent and important in aesthetics um, because we're an aesthetic business and it's cash pay. So there's just so much competition. It, it takes on a whole nother level of importance. And what I always say, and I would love for your thoughts on this, I feel like we're just kind of tipping the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg right now for what's going to happen as this industry continues to grow, make more yes. money, become more prevalent, more patients are treated. There's unfortunately more breaches there's more accidents things that that happen um there's going to be more of a focus on it and there's going to be more of an enforcement yeah. level on this is, is, is that how you see it yeah and it's already changing rapidly you know so and and you could see even different changes coming down the pike so there was that whole thing with facebook that happened last year uh the whole world of marketing in this space is going to be I, I imagine two or three years from now is going to be a, a whole nother layer of regulations added mm -hmm. on top. Forget HIPAA, OSHA, anything else, just addressing marketing. And so, and you kind of see this happening already. We're in California, like all of the CCPA regulations, oh, huge. you have GDPR in Europe, that all of that stuff is just going to continue to expand because a, a big, a, a big issue that's been identified is HIPAA was in, originally enforced and written before any of these types of marketing technologies even existed. Right. Right. Um, right. And so there's some catching up that needs to be done. And I think we're going to continue to kind of see the impact of that into years going forward for sure. That's awesome. So um, do, do, do you also, is, is part of what you do, 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 do you help the practices kind of, because, you know, marketing and, and, marketing the HIPAA compliance, the patient security, the, um, the, the safety of their data, making patients feel more comfortable, which, which in turn, I think leads to, you know, patient retention, reliability, more profit, all those things that we're talking about is, did you have some tools and trips that you guys use to say, this is how you can, you know, help whether it's from marketing it or in, you know, it, because it's, you know, as you said, perception is reality and, and having patients understand that you're handling their data correctly versus incorrectly is helpful. And is that something that you guys have tools that you can help folks, you know, market that and kind of take advantage of that? Yeah. So that's another area. So we can certainly provide guidance, right? And that's covered in their policies. It's things that they can speak with us about. The interesting with us is that 50% of our business is done on the provider side. Like let's say with the med spas, with the small practices, the other 50% of our business is done with healthcare vendors, 
And so we work with a lot of the marketing agencies. Um, I've, I actually, I did a podcast not too long ago uh, with one of our clients, MedSpa Magic, who is a HIPAA compliant marketing agency. Um, we work with a lot of the marketing software companies that uh, you know offer like technology integrations, patient schedulers, things like that. Um, and so usually if we identify a, an area of need or there's something that a practice is trying to address, we have kind of built an ecosystem of people that we can recommend for that just to help meet those needs, uh, which, which for us is great. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a huge, that's a huge part of it. And so I'm sure you get into the whole business associate agreements and all that kind of stuff. Those are, those are lots of fun. Yeah. <laughs> people love dealing with those. Um, well, this is awesome. So where can folks, um, and well, first of all, you've you're you, you've got a webinar coming up that I think um, is going to be available to our people. And I say coming up, if hopefully this will have aired. It's but it's on the twenty seventh of July, I believe. It'll be on our 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 website even after that for folks if they want to see it. Talk about what you're going to be talking about on that and what they can expect to learn, so that uh, if people are listening, they they can um, they can check it out. Yeah, yeah. So the the webinar that we're doing, and is, we're really going to be doing a much deeper dive on some of these topics. It's on Thursday next week at two o'clock uh, Eastern time. Uh, and really, what we're going to be looking at is the different impacts of not only of compliance. So we're going to be digging a little bit deeper into how to set up a compliance program within the practice. Uh, but then also how to do it in a way that actually makes a positive impact on your business, some of the unique challenges that people see within small practice environments, and uh, but also how to use this as leverage. You know, one thing that we th feel like a lot of practices should be doing, and it's one thing that many of them don't do, is actually even marketing the fact that they are fully compliant. Um, so if you're going to go through the whole rigmarole, it's something that you should be speaking loud and proud to your clients. It should be on your website even, because that it's something that will set you apart from the other people uh, that are around you, let's say. Um, and again, it, that just helps make you more profitable in the end. It communicates to your patients that you take this seriously. Yeah. I so. and, and, and I love that because it also... It, it legitimizes our business as healthcare, which is what it is, right? And um, one of the things that we always are, are kind of dealing with is that from the, the public perception side, and in some ways, the even the the state, the medical board, nursing board perspective, like they don't really know what med spas do, and they don't understand that med spas are, you know, their medical practices that are providing medical treatment. And part and parcel with that is patients, uh, confidentiality. And so I think doing that really, again, starts to legitimize it and make, that makes people take us more seriously. 100%. Yes. All right. Well, where can folks, if pe people want to know more about Compliancy Group um, and, and or yourself or, or what your, your product does, um, where can they find you? Yeah. So uh, you can find us, it's just compliancegroup.com. Uh, you can also shoot me an email. My email is just liam at compliancegroup.com. Love to chat. If anybody yeah. has any questions or wants to dig a little deeper, yeah. yeah. So we, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you know this. Our, you know, one of our kind of hashtag mottos is compliance is cool. And so we've got to hold these little buttons that say compliance is cool, and they got our Amspot logo. And we'll have to send you guys some because you can, you can, <laughs> you can have those as well. Our teams would love that. Please, yeah. I mean, those are awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, and this was this was really um, this is really informative. I, you know, again. 
all the love for for, for fellow compliance based organizations. It's just there's it's yeah. it's a tough business to get into. It's tough to sell, but um, yeah. it is you know it's also it's also so needed. So congrats on on your success and everything that's been going on, and and we'll definitely hear more from you in the future. Hey. Appreciate you having me, Alex. Thank uh, you so much. No problem. And check out the uh, webinar, uh, which is next week, the 27th of July on our, uh, mm-hmm. it's, and then if, if it's, you're listening to this afterwards, you can definitely find it on our website. We have an education center. Liam, I appreciate your time. This was awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Liam Degnan, Senior Sales Engineer of Compliancy Group. If you're new with us, click on the subscribe button. Then receive new content when it happens. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.